What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door Pair of hop along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Oh, so nice. Talking, we'll go for a walk is the hope the children, the children. Mom and, dad and their mommies and daddies and grandparents and friends and relatives. Some traveling from so far away. We'll be waiting tomorrow for the lighting of the annual Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. In fact, Fifth Avenue has been uh, closed uh, for pedestrian traffic only. And this is one of those things you wait for all year. To really, really give positive attention and recognition to New York City that has been so sullied and desecrated because... You figure it's the one time of the year, wrong way, Lou Ruffino... That the rabble will stay away. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. Israel, you can't hide. You're committing genocide. Yes, yes. They interfered with the annual Thanksgiving Day parade on 6th Avenue. The rabble, they crazy glued their hands to 6th Avenue. I don't know why we extricated them. Uh, why, uh, Justin Ellick, didn't we just leave them glued to 6th Avenue, right? And like Flotsam and Jetsam, uh, they would have been stuck out there. The pigeons could have come by, the homeless, the emotionally disturbed. But no, 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 no. We had the emergency service uh, unit extricate them. They went out into the street. They bloodied themselves. It scared a lot of the kids and the grandchildren who had come out for that annual festival occasion. And now they've promised to double down. That's right. This organization within our lifetime, which leads all these radical demonstrations, by the way, against Israel, against Jews, for Hamas, and against America, has now put out the call to 150,000 of their followers on Instagram. They're calling uh, for 
their pro-Hamas supporters to put their kafirs on, put their green shmatas over their head in support of Hamas, and flood the tree lighting for Gaza. Those are the very same words that we use to describe the pogrom that was committed by Hamas, the government of Gaza and its largest terrorist organization against uh, people in southern Israel, mostly Jews, some Americans, some Filipinos, some Thai, back on October 7th. Many were killed. Many were taken hostage. You know where we are right now with that whole scenario. And yet they're coming back for more because the city of New York is allowing them. The feckless, weak, without balls police commissioner Eddie Caban has allowed them to have their way. The missing in action, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has decided to let them have their way. They can disrupt everything. They can take over bridges. They can block traffic. They can go on the steps of the Fifth Avenue Library and desecrate it. And there are no ramifications. There are absolutely no consequences. The reason they love to put the shmata on their head and cover themselves with the kafir, if you notice, they're all brand new, where they're buying them from, I don't know, maybe some wholesale outlet. They still have the tags on it is that clearly their mommies and daddies who probably uh, fund most of them on blind trust back in Iowa or Ohio, they won't end up seeing their kids out there in the streets acting up. And so they come out and we just let them do whatever the hell they want to do. It's their streets. It's their bridge. It's their subways. If they decide to take it over, there are no arrests. There's nothing done whatsoever. So now. Could I have a little bit of that Christmas music, please? I want to set the mood for so many people who will be coming in to this annual event that is broadcast across the nation by NBC. <sighs> the annual Christmas Christmas tree lighting at Rockefeller Center. They are going to attempt to invade it. And they're already boldly and brazenly telling Eddie Caban, the police commissioner, with no balls, and uh, the mayor, who's too busy raising another flag today, he's too busy to deal with any of this, the flag of Panama, that they're, they're going to stop it. They are going to stop it. And there's nothing you can do. And I say to myself, now hold on a second. Uh, do I need to take uh, the police uh, to school? Do I need to take them uh, back out there to the police academy in College uh, Point and describe to them that they have procedures already in effect to be able to deal with these rioters? And they're already written out. Like so many policy and procedures, there's a manual for everything in the police department. Hey, Eddie Caban, One Police Plaza, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. You love to talk about how you were a cop for 22 years. You were a house mouse. It's called the New York City Police Department Disorder Procedures for mass arrest and processing and getting the buses off of Rikers Island ready to put them all on the buses and bring them down to Central Booking. If they leave the area where they're going to protest, 
They need a permit. You need a permit for a parade. You need a sound permit. Enforce the freaking law. And instead, the mayor and his new police commissioner have decided that they're not going to enforce anything. Because they don't have a set anymore. In fact, earlier today, the mayor, who doesn't want to deal with the press except for one day a week because it's the only time he'll take off-topic questions, was asked, since uh, we're losing cops by the thousands, early retirements, regular retirements, he's already canceling five recruit classes. We'll be down to 29,000 cops in 2025. And he's talking about how robots, robots are the answer. Police commissioner would do us, uh, give us an observation of, uh, you know, an overview on how well it's doing. And are we going to expand it? Uh, so he will give a briefing on exactly what his thoughts are and if we're going to grow the program. Listen, um, you know, many people know from my days in the, the state Senate, I believe in technology. You know, when you look at in the state Senate, uh, we looked at a cameras on guns for police officers. That's we, after we had some shootings. Uh, you can look throughout my career. I'm a tech geek. You know, I was a, a, a computer programmer as a transit police officer. You heard that. Justin, he was a computer programmer as a transit police officer. He admitted he was not on active patrol. He was a computer programmer, a house mouse, as a transit police officer. He volunteered that. The answer to not having enough cops is Robbie Robot. If you want to see Robbie Robot, you go to the Times Square station where you get off the shuttle coming from Grand Central to Times Square. You walk by, let's say you wanted to take the one, two, or the three, uptown or downtown. Robbie Robot is in a pen right there, a police pen, guarded by two police officers. And if you touch Robbie Robot... Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, no, Will Robinson. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Danger, no, Will Robinson. Danger. danger, All right, enough of that. So his answer is purchase more robots. Get more drones, less boots on the ground, less cops. And somehow that's the answer to what is going to be total anarchy. This is the man you elected. You said to me, oh, he was a cop for 22 years. Oh, he knows all about policing. His answer to policing is to let the rabble rousers interfere with the Christmas tree lighting tomorrow at Rockefeller Center. If I were the mayor, it wouldn't even have a chance to do that. They wouldn't even be able to assemble anywhere near that tree lighting. And he's going to let them interfere with the tree lighting. And his answer to the depleted ranks of cops, early retirements, regular retirements, five recruitment classes canceled, will be down to 29,000 cops in 2025, is replace them with robots. Replace them with drones. This is the guy you elected. Oh, but he's trying. He's trying. He's trying to emasculate the police, which he's already successful in doing. He's elevated the protesters because they have their way with whatever they want to do, just like in the summer of 2020. That's why he's nothing more than de Blasio 2.0. 
Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Well, well, Eric Adams, uh, once a week press conference is over, he will be tending to the most important duties of the city in crisis right now by going down to Bowling Green. That's a scam down there. And raising the Panamanian flag. <laughs> like a borough president. He gave no answers for his embattled chancellor of the Department of Education, dumbest organization ever, that's the acronym, David Banks. It's all incestuous at City Hall because David Banks is the brother of Phil Banks, who is the deputy mayor of public safety, an unindicted co-conspirator who should have been in jail for police corruption, but he decided to become a rat, a confidential informant, and avoid jail. So his reward from Eric Adams was, I'll make, I'll, I'll make you deputy mayor of public safety. And by the way, your brother, he'll be the chancellor of a agency that spends one third of our bloated budget. Department of Education, better known as dumbest organization ever, with less students in it than before, spends $36 billion out of a budget of $108 billion. And what do we get in return? What do the kids get? Gots. They get bupkis. Now, last Monday, there was an anti-Semitic riot in the hallways of Hillcrest High School. It's the only way to describe it. We've seen the videos that the kids posted and were bragging about. They chased a female Jewish teacher out of a study area. And she had to be protected, apparently, by an assistant principal, a dean. We don't have all the full details, but they were on the hunt. They were hunting for her in the hallways. This is last Monday. Because they had come upon her social networking, private social networking, in which she had posted that she had been to a support the Israel rally. She had her Israeli flag. They saw her with others who were supporting Israel. And they decided that they had to get her. And they called for a riot on social networking, a flash mob. And the students in the school just started stampeding on the floors looking for her. They were on a hunt. They were like wolves on a wolf hunt. And uh, we should have known about that. We should have known about that. Why? Because Chancellor David Banks actually... Went to Hillcrest High School, graduated from there. You know what usually happens is the people who went to a school whenever there's a problem are the first ones to call the fellow alumni. And they would have said, hey, Dave, did you see what happened to the school? Well, what are you doing about it, Chancellor? What are you doing about it? They kept it hush, hush, mush, mush. Now I can reveal all the details to you. Department of Education was well aware 
of this anti-Semitic riot by kids in the hallways of Hillcrest High School. It went on for two days. Two days. It took them that long. They figured, hey, we're near Thanksgiving. You know, everyone's focused on Israel, potential hostage negotiation that will result in hostage swaps, some peace that may occur. Nobody was focused on what was going on at Hillcrest High School. So Chancellor David Banks at the Department of Education, a.k.a. dumbest organization ever, spending $36 billion of our tax dollars, decided nobody would know about this. Nobody. Well, now he has to talk about it because a week later, he's like, oh, the light bulb has gone off. Oh, could you believe what was going on? And yesterday, he finally, a week after, the chancellor who went to this high school a week after had a press conference. My message was simple. Uh, We are unequivocal. Uh, Violence, hate, and disorder have no place in our schools. Anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and all forms of bigotry are simply unacceptable. What are you doing to the rabble-rousers responsible for this? They are identified on the videotapes that were posted by themselves. You know who they are. What is being done to discipline them? Chancellor, ineffective, missing in action. Hopefully nobody will have spotted this, David Banks. This notion that this place is a, a, a radic- these kids are radicalized and anti-Semitic is the height of irresponsibility. The height of irresponsibility. For us to come to that conclusion. A school that in 2002 was rated the most violent of the many violent high schools in the public school system. I know I was invited to come there and speak to the rabble-rousers. And at the time I arrived at 11 o'clock to give my presentation, the principal had to meet me at the entrance and tell me I couldn't do the presentation because the school was already in lockdown. It has a violent history. You had a Jewish teacher, a female who was being hunted down in the hallways of that public high school. David Banks knew it. The Department of Education knew it. Everybody in that school knew it. Parents knew it. Alumni knew it. Nobody said anything. Now, the week before, the chance, excuse me, the chairman of the UFT Union of Failed Teachers, one of the largest and most influential unions in all of New York City, they know how to get votes out, they raise money, for uh, candidates, they put packs together. He's always got the bully pulpit. His name, Mogul. He lives in a mansion in Staten Island. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think he's been to Hillcrest High School since one of his teachers were under siege last Monday. Now, last week, before this even took place, he was having like a press conference a day when the mayor had announced that he would be cutting pre-K as part of the draconian matters he's taking because he decided to spend all the money on illegal aliens. He decided to do that, nobody else. And so Michael Mulgrew uh, put it together. All members of the UFT behind him, retired and active, of which there are many, most happen to be Jewish, and he had this to stay, say about the draconian cuts. The financial problem, as far as we know, is completely fabricated. We've been involved with budgets forever. We see what's going on. The mayor said this is because of the asylum seekers. There is no 
No foundation. There is no evidence. You jerk. What do you mean there's no evidence? They're going to spend up to $12 billion of our tax dollars in order to take care of illegal aliens, also send their kids to school without vaccinations, without any medical background checks, none of that. They get to basically take an easy pass. What are you talking about? But you see, he's only interested in his own. Well, he's the union president of the teachers, and I understand that. You're always going to be out there for your own. So I would have thought, Justin Ellick, that Monday or Tuesday, when he became aware that one of his teachers, this female, this Jewish teacher, had to hide for her life because of an anti-Semitic riot in the halls of Hillcrest High School that he had gone to. He's an alumni member. No, excuse me. Banks is an alumni member, not Mogul. But that as the chairman of the UFT, he would have done what all unions do whenever any of their members are under attack. They have a press conference. How many times have you seen it when a token booth clerk has been attacked that all of a sudden TWU Local 100, the president and all their members will have a press conference. You can't hurt the hair of one of our union members or there'll be a hell of a price to pay. Michael Mogu, did he have a press conference about that? Hmm. Why not? Why not? Well, you have to do a deep dive because obviously the press is a little bit asleep at the wheel here. You would have thought this is a union who made its bones years ago under Albert Schenker, a socialist Albert Schenker, who was on the front lines of the civil rights uh, movement protesting for the right of African-Americans to be able to sit at a lunch counter and not to have to sit in the back of the bus. He was considered a liberal and a progressive. He was a self-proclaimed socialist. In the early 60s, he went to jail because the teachers went out on strike. He went to jail because of that. Now there's a Taylor law that forbids that. In 1968, Justin Ellick, this proud socialist Jew, who consider himself a friend of African-Americans, and he had certainly earned that in much tougher times to be friends with African-Americans than now. And all of a sudden, in Brownsville, Brooklyn, the African-American community, funded by the Ford Foundation, the largest philanthropy at that time, it's money coming from the Ford family and the massive fortune that they made over the decades selling Ford motor cars, spent money to allow for community control. And black parents and black administrators and led by Sonny Carson of Brooklyn Corps said, we don't want no Jewish teachers in our schools no more. We want them out. We want black teachers. We want to teach Swahili. We want to teach an Afrocentric curriculum. And the Ford Foundation supported that. Albert Schenker was shocked, like so many other teachers of the UFT, who were mostly Jewish at that time. And he said, we can't have this. We can't have a community determining who comes into the schools, who teaches their kids, and who doesn't teach their kids. And in this case, it's racist and it's anti-Semitic. So he called a teacher's strike. You know what he was labeled, Justin Alec, for all the years that he was on the front 
of the civil rights struggle for blacks, he was called a racist. To the, to the end of his life, when you read any stories about Albert Schenker, racist Albert Schenker. That's what Michael Mulgrew is afraid of. He's afraid of an adjunct group within his ranks called the Movement of Rank-and-File Educators. It's not a rebel group. It's a group within the UFT. They're legitimate. They're union card-carrying members. It's an adjunct group. They are the ones who organize the rallies in Bryant Park that then end up massing in front of the Fifth Avenue Library that were responsible, along with the others who attended, for desecrating the Fifth Avenue Library just this past week with the graffiti on the main building, the Stephen Schwartzman Building, which they labeled a Zionist billionaire because he had given them money to support the library. So that's why he's afraid to say anything, because he knows in an election now, he might not remain the chairman of the UFT. In fact, when they were asked a question, the UFT, about what had happened on October 7th, they had a very tepid response because they knew within their ranks there was this upstart group of young teachers, the movement of rank-and-file educators, the subsidiary that rallies with the pro-Hamas socialist groups. So you didn't want to rattle the cage. Let me tell you, Michael Mulgrew, you abandoned your teacher there. There should have been a press conference right outside of Hillcrest with a shop steward who hasn't been found since, and the other teachers, proud UFT members, and maybe some of the retirees. Many of them live over in Bayside. It's packed with UFT retirees. Jews and Gentiles, whites and blacks, and it should have been like, this ain't happening to our teachers. No way. And he should have been prepared to call a walkout of the teachers. Michael Mogu is still hiding in his mansion in Staten Island, afraid of the insurgents, the movement of rank-and-file educators, the adjunct wing of the UFT. A subsidiary that rallies with the pro-Hamas socialist groups. You haven't heard that story, have you, Justin Elliott? See, that's why you listen to the Rip and Read, because I do the deep dive. I tell you what's going on. They're all lying about Hillcrest High School, from the Chancellor Banks to Mogru, who's MIA. By the way, has he been to Hillcrest? Let's find out tomorrow. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? Because one's got a weasel and other's got a flag One's on the pole, shove the other in the bag With the rerun shows and the cocaine nose job What? What? Noam Layden chose this song You slip this like a Mickey into my drink, huh? This is disparaging me This is Loser by Beck That's not the song that I chose 
You see, ladies and gentlemen, how this cabal has mounted up against me, led by Wrong Way, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, James Flippin, and a man recovering from a lobotomy. Yep, news director, no Laden. Upset at all the disparaging comments that I made about him. He's probably called up uh, the nanny. Uh, Fran Dreschner, our president of SAG-AFTRA, and complained about me. What tough nookies. You know, what's interesting is uh, this talk now of a mayoral campaign because Eric Adams is falling el rapido into the abyss for being corrupt. He's been charged with sexual assault. And most importantly, he hedged his bet and spent all of our money on illegal aliens, thinking it would be a pathway to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in the future as president, because he will have had the black vote as the Democratic nominee and the very grateful growing Latino vote. That's that. That was the, the reason this was all done. And it's all backfired on us. Because now he's like Punch's pilot, no mas, no mas. So I've been his number one critic. I've been warning all of you ever since he was sworn into office. The swagger man has no plan. No plan. This guy is inept. He's going to be nothing more than a glorified borough president. He goes, he goes to restaurant openings. What mayor has ever done that? He cuts ribbons. He gives out proclamations. He raises a freaking foreign flag every day at Bowling Green, which has got to be a scam operation. I mean, the money's got to be flowing there for countries you can't even find on a map. He's doing it again today for Panama. And every time my name is thrown into the mix of somebody who could potentially be a better mayor, than him, especially the next time around, whether he's forced to resign because he doesn't want to go to the big house in chains and shackles, which I told you he'd be going to. So he does what Elliot Spitzer did. He does what Andrew Evilized Cuomo did and resign like James uh, McGreedy, who declared himself, oh, I'm a gay American liar. You are corrupt and you are on your way to jail. That's why you resign. That's why they always resign, because they know the next step is J-A-I-L. So the mayor disparages me. Any time you start out a question with the name Curtis Sliwa, that in itself states that it would do a disservice to me and other New Yorkers for me to even respond to that. Curtis Sliwa? I mean, I mean, if you go look in a dictionary for the Roy Buffoon and tell me what picture you come up with. And then he gets tactical air support from my husband-in-law, Governor Patterson, who uh, all of a sudden gets the signal from City Hall, hey, attack Curtis Sliwa. He has no chance. <laughs> now, why do you say he's got no chance? I'm curious. Well, I think Curtis is very bright. I used to do a radio show with him. He has a tremendous, particularly historic memory about things that have gone on. Right. But I would think you would need somebody who had a little more government experience. A little more government experience, like Biden, 50 years, like you, Patterson, like Eric Adams, like Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. Hey, how's that worked out for us? Well, now there's the buzz. 
Because all they keep talking about of late is, will Eric Adams survive? Will Andrew Evilice Cuomo jump in? Andrew Evilice Cuomo, who's a perv, 11 women say that he sexually assaulted or sexually harassed them. He's responsible for thousands of dead senior citizens because of his policies during COVID. He's responsible for no cash bail. And the media, oh, Andrew Cuomo's savior, right? He ain't going to become mayor. And then to Bob Capano, who yesterday wrote an op-ed, New York City GOP must unite now behind Sliwa for mayor. Bob Capano wrote a great article. I recommend all of you to look at it. It's on my Facebook. It's on my Twitter. It's on my Instagram. Read it. He does the analytics. He says, Sliwa wins the independent vote, without which you can't be mayor as a Republican. Because there are less and less Republicans. Only 8% of the registered voters are Republicans now. The preponderance are Democrats, and they're not socialists. They're moderate Democrats. And he goes through all the districts, and he says, hey, in this district, Sliwa beat Eric Adams, and he got the moderate Democrats. He won the Asian vote, first Republican mayoral candidate. Bloomberg couldn't do it with his billions of dollars. Rudy couldn't do it. And he makes the case of why the New York City GOP must unite behind Sliwa for mayor. But will you hear any of that discussion in the mainstream media? No, they go from one loser, Eric Adams, who's been a disaster. He's de Blasio 2.0. To another Democrat, Andrew Evilize Cuomo, who should be in jail for having killed senior citizens. Killed them. Never apologized. By having made money on a book using state employees to write it in the middle of the emergency COVID. By having promoted and passed and signed into the law, no cash bail. For calling ICE, the federal law enforcement agency, thugs and preventing them from doing their job in keeping us safe and secure from terrorism, narco-terrorism, sex traffickers, drug dealers. And they just keep resuscitating losers and people who resign rather than go to jail. Check out that op-ed piece by Bob Capano. It makes the case for yours truly, Curtis Slewa.